Hey, it's Paul. And Shamina. And welcome to Head Boss in Charge. Hey! Hey! If you haven't noticed already, our voices are sounding beautiful and plentiful and full because we have an enhanced mic setup. Right. <laughs> took, a, took a while, but yeah, slowly but surely. Works in progress, so you gotta figure out what works, work your money, don't let your money work you, mm-hmm. and then go from there. Yeah. How you bossing? Um, I feel like it's been like a really long time. It kind of has. Um, first of all, apologies to our fans for this, <laughs> the delayed um, kind of couple of weeks that we've had, you know. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, we are back on regular schedule every other week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things happen. We're yeah, just life happens, so... <laughs> and low-key, we do this for free, so <laughs> there's right. that, so lest we forget. <laughs> In case anyone wants to drop me a check. Right? Um, but also, aka, don't get slick. Um, but yeah, um, let's see, how am I bossing? Well, we're about to roll into a weekend, so <laughs> things are pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to having some downtime, and <clears throat> I have been, um, I'm still rolling off the end piece of... Um, and for anybody who really cares or gives a damn, I had pneumonia for a while. Um, and so my I still have a bit of a residual cough and like one more x-ray to go to make sure it's gone and all that shit. So um, it's it's been, I have never had it before. And so it, it knocked me out like real hard. I was struggling for a while. Hmm. Um, and now I'm feeling back. I'm running and my workouts are less um, laborious in terms of coughing or not being able to get through anything. Um, but I'm on the mend. I am, uh, doing my best to kick ass and take names uh, in terms of work and trying to work hard and earn, uh, my spot, if you will, on the team. I'm on the team already, but you know what I mean, but it has been good. I got a chance to, um, had to make a, uh, an unexpected, trip down to SoCal um, to tend to some family stuff. So uh, grateful to be close enough, but also like still recovering, super tired, um, but glad to see my family. And yeah, things have been pretty good. Just trying to put things in perspective. And I'm looking forward to our topic today. Uh, but we'll obviously we'll get into that when we get into it. But I'm looking forward to talking to that because it's garnered a lot of conversation from friends of mine who I, I just sent this to to be like, what what are your thoughts on this? Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. But I'm, for the most part, pretty good. I can't really complain. Um, yeah. How you bossing? Um, joggers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if you didn't catch that, go and watch Atlanta Housewives. But anyways... <laughs> Um, oh gosh, it is, it is emotional roller coaster. Um, uh, approaching the end of the school year with my, where I work and it's madness, understaffed, have to put on, put on all these art exhibitions and shows with basically zero personnel. Um, but you know, I'm, I'd rather not even go down that (laughs) tragic path by talking about it. Um, outside of that, you know, doing okay, just trying to get my gigs going. Um, I got some summer projects coming up that I'm really excited to start working on. Um, I'm pretty much going to be grounded in San Francisco 
for the summer. I don't think I'll be doing any travel because my projects are taking up the, the, the entire time. So one thing that I just thought about doing for my vacation is I'm going to take my vacation and spread it out throughout the entire summer. So I'm basically going to um, do Mondays and Fridays off. Oh, nice. And then just have a three-day work week for two months. So I think that will be very fun. Um, that means I can do a lot of four-day, uh, well, I guess it will be, yeah, four-day weekends. Mm-hmm. I can do a lot of domestic travel because um, for the most part, a lot of my projects are taking up just the uh, Monday through Friday time period. And then um, I, then I can go away on the weekends, hopefully. I mean, are you fresh cut right now? Oh, yeah, I got okay. a haircut. Me too. <laughs> oh, hey. Okay. I, like, I just got a haircut before this. So I was like, okay, hair. I see you. Yes. Line up. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, no. random. Uh, so, but does, yeah. Does your vacation time, like, do you have to use it before the end of the year? Or do you accrue and it rolls over? I accrue, rolls over. Okay. Um, and uh, the accrual rate is really nice. And actually, for anyone who has a director in their title, directors and up get the highest accrual rate automatically. Mm-hmm. And Ditto. then just um, moves forward. So when I got that promotion at the beginning of the year, I was like, hey, vacation, collecting like, I'm it. I'm never going to be here. Like, <laughs> right. So it will be nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's I'm doing all right. Yeah. I feel like so much has happened and nothing has happened at the same time. Oh my gosh. I mean, my life has changed because of Beachella. Okay. Um, <laughs> and there's just a lot of people have been bossing this month. They're just. Yeah. I just. Janelle uh, Monet. I don't oh. know if she's head boss or anything. Uh, but anyway, anyway, we'll like, get to that at the end. we're going to talk about um, emails. So this partially leads into some balance conversations, negotiation of time. But there essentially is this article. Um, if you don't know now, if you don't know before, now you know we both work in higher education. We do? <laughs> yes. Um, and so there is a, I think it comes out, it's on print and uh, in media in terms of online um I don't know what to call it, a newsletter, a it's, paper. It's, yeah, a paper. Whatever. Of, it's a thing. Of, um, yeah. <laughs> it's called the Chronicle of Higher Education. A blog. Um, <laughs> they would be pissed if, we, <laughs> if they heard, like, blog? You mean blog. Um, there's an article that came out early in the month of April, um, and it was entitled, or it is entitled, What Happened When the Dean's Office Stopped Sending Emails After Hours? Shit went down. Um, right? Or people became normal. <laughs> um, so we both took a read of this. I have had a f- several conversations around, specifically email and the perceptions around email or not email or not emailing. Um, this, this can go so many ways, but uh, there was one particular piece that I sent to a friend of mine and there was one piece that stood out and then he messaged me back. I, I just sent the article. He messaged me back the exact same piece that I was like, this is the, the piece de resistance, if you will. <laughs> um, and I was like, damn, I knew it was real. And then I, it became real, really real when he sent me back the part. Cause I didn't say anything. I just sent the lit the link. I didn't say, check this out, nothing. And then he screenshot the same exact thing. Let me see if I can find it. Here it is. It says, even if we tell faculty or professional staff members to just ignore emails they might receive at 11.30 p.m., 
not only does that put our colleagues in an impossible situation, but it also creates the impression that dedicated leaders and those who are available around the clock um, and tied to their, what is that? I, apparently I can't read. Um, those who are available around the clock and tied to their electronic devices. Basically, the layperson's terms of that, if you're always checking your email and always responding, then supposedly you're a better employee and a better leader, which I don't believe that to be true. No. Um, I don't know that people are defined by their um, ability to respond back to um, email at all hours of the day and night. Um, any initial thoughts just about the, around the title? Because <laughs> um, you had a chance to peek through the article. I did. And this has been, this was the first job, like my first organization where I struggled, as well as people around me, with email so much because I've never been in an environment where it was so email heavy. And I'm still trying to unpack that. Like, yeah. why is it such a small organization? We're not you, Michigan. Yeah, right? <laughs> We're not, so Which is why? the school reference in the article. So I'm oh, like, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled that out of, because I know it's a really large school. But um, so the title, um, I, I'm a, pro, like, <laughs> you, I'm a proponent. No words. <laughs> <laughs> I've developed a philosophy that you, work is not centralized around email, really. And a question that I have posed for myself is, what am I really getting done by answering this email? Okay. Um, because I am one of those senior level uh, administrators where I'm bogged down with back-to-back meetings all day, and I think there's pressure for me to send emails late at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, I don't see too much of that from the people above me, even when I first started a position. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> there's like a hood ice cream truck that rolls through this neighborhood. Only after dark. Right. Only at night. Right. And the truck looks creepy because I'm like, you have this music going, you're rolling down the neighborhood, but you don't have no lights. And I feel like there's no pictures on the outside. Hell creepy. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, don't go to the van, kids. Mm -mm. Ain't that Nothing good comes of this. Anyways. (laughs) We could not ignore that. Um, So luckily, I haven't had too many uh, people above me in the organization force this pressure of like sending emails late at night. Um, I've been caught in a couple storms of emails late at night. Okay. Um, and interestingly enough, both situations were with the CFO and their budget analyst. Okay. And someone else, and it was around the budgeting period, mm-hmm. um, where with deadlines like at you know at, at a high. Yeah. Um, but I to answer your question, just my thought on that is. I, I think, I, I wonder what it would be like if everyone just stepped back away from emails at the same time, maybe even for a whole day. Yeah. Like, or maybe just, if that's too extreme, I think one, we tried this policy at, at my office where we didn't set any meetings, no one schedules any meetings from 9 a.m. to noon on Monday mm-hmm. across the organization. And I think we tried to even stretch that to... Let's not, you know, answer any emails, <laughs> you know, during a certain time frame. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of, in a, a very, I guess, uh, philo- not philosophical, but uh, in a meta way, like when I analyze that, I think it might work. It, it's kind of like that traffic philosophy where sometimes you wonder why is it when the light turns green, 
everyone can't just go at the same time. Sorry, that was my phone. This <laughs> is so urban. <laughs> Ice cream truck, phones vibrating. Okay. Anyways, um, do you know this, like, the traffic philosophy where people understand, people wonder why if the light turns green, why can't all the cars just go at the same time? Why is it this, like, steady, like, one, then the other, then the other, then the other? So where I see this as the, like, the cross analogy is if everyone stops sending or forwarding or responding to emails at the same time, maybe we could actually get the work that is necessary to oh, get done. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because... I think we there's this sense of accomplishment when we answer five emails. Yeah, or when you get your emails down to a certain number, then you're like, oh, relief. And I was like, that's not relief because all of those people are likely to respond. So you can come back the next day, 15 minutes later, an hour later, and you will have more messages. Um, one of the things in the article that I really liked is um, an acknowledgement that there is this, we can call it a perception, but oftentimes it's reality that people who are, um, who choose to respond to messages after hours, um, for whatever reason, whether they think they, they work better in the evening or if they can't get it done during the day, the perception that those folks are, um, your stellar leaders, mm -hmm. the people who are on the rise, the ones who are the most dedicated to the job. And certainly in some cases that might be true. But in all cases, is it true? No. I wonder if some of that is um, how people choose to manage their time and give of themselves during like the work day, like when most people are there. Like you so running here from there, saying yes to everything and feeling like you can't say no <coughs> if someone invites you to a meeting. Um, and so I think there is that pressure there. And it seems really, I've been in situations um, and in work environments where um, I go to sleep fairly early, um, fact. And I have worked with colleagues who everybody on the team will be chiming in and emailing, and I'll, I won't see it until the next morning when I get to work at like 8.15, 8.30. And there will be all of these conversations, and then I'll come in and weigh in when I get in. And I really had to stop myself from feeling like, oh, maybe I should hop on and see if there's anything like going on. And I'm like, no, first of all, I'm sleepy. I don't do my best work that late into the evening. I know that. Um, and because everybody else is doing it, I don't have to do it too. But I've certainly been in environments where I come back and all these conversations and seeming decisions. And I've once or twice had to like put a pause or a pump on like, um, if you give me a moment to catch up on these messages as I was asleep, I will you know be able to chime in once I read through everything. But it's it, it there's a pressure regardless of whether or not like, People say, you don't have to do it. You can just ignore it. Don't mind me. I'm doing this. But I'm like, I get what you're saying, but it's not, it doesn't feel like that, you know? So I, I definitely think this uh, perception of you're, you're a better worker, higher achiever, mm -hmm. better performer, it, it's just uh, remnants of this old working culture. Like when I think about, I think, it, I think it's safe to say that uh, the 1940s, 1950s, World War II era was like the definition of like the, it was like the new workforce culture. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot more, is it like uh, white collar jobs? Like those are like desk administrative jobs? Yeah. White collar, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that generation really defined um, from a very uh, top down uh, 
patriarchal way, it, it defined what what was considered what considered you a high performer and a lot of it was the people who walked into the office before you were supposed to walk into the office and the people who were the last ones Mm -hmm. to leave the office it comes from uh basically sacrificing (laughs) your personal life Mm -hmm. um for the for the um organization because it was all about the job it was all about this like loyalty to the to your job and i think when you pass those things down from generation to generation from employer to supervisee Mm -hmm. um i think i i'm still feeling a little bit a little a little bit of that from the higher ups right Mm -hmm. because that's you're only going to bring to the work culture what you were raised on right and it takes certain individuals to break that cycle and that whole working late into the evening i think it's a remnant of that what do you think about the culture around like the cya messages like the cover your ass like people who email so often but it's to have a receipt at the end of the day. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think to some degree, lots of people do it. Yeah. It's like, if this shit rolls back around, I'm going to need something that says, I made an effort to address it. I brought it up in writing and either I did or I didn't get a response. I I <laughs> I just really don't have time to think about it. Think about it that much. Like, I think I was really worried about it. But because I am so... Um, pulled in so many different directions and have made this personal mantra of I'm not going to centralize my workday around emails anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's really hard to get a, a hold of me. You got to call me or come to my desk or mm-hmm. form a meeting. I'm that person now. But because of that, um, I think my voice is stronger now when I do chime in mm-hmm. um, into these long email chains um, about like some certain topic. But at, uh, at the same time, I the reason why I'm not worried is who is who's checking for all of that and if you have the time whoever is like leading this discussion looking for a response to like notice who is chiming in and who's not i question your leadership and i question what you pay your pay your time time towards um and i say that because i think (coughs) if it was that important you're calling a meeting you're talking to people face to face and you're not solving whatever you're solving just via email oh and see and then i i i hear that I'm thinking more of not necessarily being like a receipt that you chimed in on a message or a string of things or mm-hmm. whatever, but so say you and I have a meeting and or a conversation and then you don't follow through on something. There's zero evidence that we ever had a conversation or any sort of agreement that this is what is going to need to happen. Excuse me. Ah, uh, um, okay. So that's what I mean, kind of the CYA. Like, Got it. And I have been in environments where people will like boldface lie like right at the table with everybody else like we didn't have that conversation and then i've had to pull up the email i was like well this is the email that um i sent and then that you then responded to so i'm not sure how this fell off the radar or didn't get didn't get complete mm-hmm. and i i don't necessarily want to always be the person that has to pull up the receipt like that but i've been in enough situations where a receipt was necessary um really disappointing um, like from a colleague to a colleague, um, but I found that it is it has become necessary to do that. Because if not, then I'm sitting out there like I'm boo boo to fool, and I was like, well, first of all, you're not gonna catch me like that because mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and put it in writing. You can ignore it if you want to, um, but I'm sure IT can look and see when you opened it. Trust me, I know that they can do, look and see when you opened it because that's a skill. That's a a, a, a feature that they have on the back end <laughs> right because i've had to do that people are like i've never gotten your emails and i was like well you open three of them in a row and like less than 60 seconds so mm-hmm. um 
and I hate to be in that kind of environment, but like you get burned like once or twice and you're like, bump that. Like I'm, we're going to have this conversation and I'm going to follow up with just a few notes of what we talked about. And if I, if I mischaracterize anything or if I didn't say, if I missed something, just feel free to chime back in so that I have that, you know, so that we have that established for each other. Right. I'm, um, <laughs> I hate doing that. I it hate, takes so it much takes time. so much time. And that but was... I'd rather take that time than be sitting in front of like <sighs> a supervisor who is trying to read me. I, I've, not that I've ever been read in that capacity, but <laughs> yeah. And that, well, that's honestly been a piece of personal feedback, um, that has come up in performance evaluations most recently is documenting of just like interactions and conversations mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just the time. And, you know, I've been encouraged and mentored to say, you know, don't get, you don't have to make them that detailed. You don't have yeah. to, it, it could just be a few sentences. Just keep that paper trail. And I understand it. Like it's it's been necessary for me personally to hold certain employees that you supervise accountable mm-hmm. and just like Absolutely. track that journey. Or um, a lot of times with um, even faculty because I have to I have to <laughs> mediate so many like childish interactions between <laughs> faculty and whatnot. And some of them sometimes they're very serious, but yeah. um, it, it's just that like it. You know, the day just continues and then a new fire happens the next day and forget the old, the shit that I was trying to close off or Mm -hmm. follow up nicely with an email. It's just like the workflow sometimes impedes on, you know, these CYA messages, you know? Well, there's some of these stuff like I work with, like sometimes students who are in crisis or things like that. And it's so important to have that documentation. Um, And we, there are obviously systems out there and online systems that are protected and encrypted in their appropriate ways that you update notes, but I've certainly been caught in my earlier time in this position, like notes in my head, which don't mean shit. Cause I don't remember <laughs> what time I said it. I don't remember exactly the name of the person that I talked to, right. but now I've gotten so much better at documenting those things, not necessarily an email, but just writing them in the notes section of the software that we own, you know, mm. so that I'm not trying to commit things to memory that I'm having somewhere so I can go back to it and be like, Oh yes, I recall saying X, Y, and Z or talking to this person on that date. Right. This took a slight tangent, but kind of in a similar email vein. Go for it. So when you were talking about uh, CYA messages and, you know, um, you know, oh, that I read receipts and I saw that mm-hmm. you read them. So Gmail. Oh my God, I hate read receipts. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm always like, no, um, you will not get the read receipt from me. <laughs> I see that you asked. No. So I know that you use Outlook. I use mm-hmm. Gmail at my work. A lot of um, places use like a the Google Enterprise and mm-hmm. all their apps for their work product and Gmail or Google just launched an entirely new interface and a bunch of new features to Gmail. So um, if you didn't know that, I'll put the uh, article in the there's a ton of articles on it. <laughs> it was uh, launched this past Monday. If you go to the settings on the upper right hand corner of your Gmail account, you can choose to, uh, to, to turn on the new the new Google, but in like a probably a couple months or so, they're going to force everyone to use the new Gmail. But anyways, a few of the new features that are probably going to cause all the drama in the workplace is there's this new feature where you can slightly nudge someone. So nudge a reminder. Oh my God. It's like a poke. Like It's like a Facebook, poke. And what poke it does people. is it brings that email to the top of their inbox without it being an actual new email. Um, oh. Right? You can um, send an email with an expiration date. And if they don't, um, if they open it, whether they open it or not open it, it, it will 
retract it from their inbox as soon as you the inspiration expiration date is gone so let's say well damn so let's say you send out an email saying i need all this information by june 5th right and then you can really catch the culprits of who have who has not responded to that email by your deadline with an expiration date um and then there are a few other new features that were pretty cool in terms (laughs) of just um how you organize information Mm -hmm. attachments things like that but I think these new features in Gmail is like really it. going to change the game. <laughs> so, um, and also just help, I mean, anything with workflow, because like I said, we centralize, well, I'm, you know, I'm saying we collective, but I feel that a lot of us are struggle with that workflow balance and just getting stuck at our computers and our emails. Yeah. And um, I think, a lot of the times new tools could help with that and i think google is hopefully gonna change the game for office culture yeah we don't use it for uh my work but i have like my uh, you know a gmail account for my personal stuff um is it just for like the business side or could it, is um, it gonna no, roll so out for... i can't switch over so i checked my work um, Gmail and it doesn't have the feature yet and okay um i'm not surprised because when the new google calendar came out my work there's cal- a new google calendar i'm so behind oh wow I'm like, yeah just email just give me the email i already don't delete enough of those but <laughs> yeah there's a new whole new uh interface for google calendar so really? but your personal personal one should have changed already i don't know the difference so let's not get let's <laughs> Anyways, not get into my it will take a while for the for the business side to update yeah. and that's u- yeah. usual so anyways well one of the things that you said is um so they have um, kind of the from this experiment, the four things that they put in place um, that uh, two or three of them I actually really really liked. So they have I'll read the four off. Um, limit e- limit email traffic uh, to working hours, <coughs> except for emergencies, obviously. Um, and it says essentially from seven a.m. to six p.m. Monday through Friday. I don't know who the hell is at work at seven a.m. until six p.m. every day, but that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> Try to communicate in person, which I love. Um, although I don't love to everybody when they try to drop in. Anywho, um, avoid email forwarding um, and respecting work hours. Um, and that's a support staff, uh, even of like your higher, regardless of where you are in the organization, like me needing to know something because I either forgot to, to ask you during the day or I think it can't wait until after like the next day is probably not an emergency. Like how many emergencies am I having about paperwork? Cause some of this rolls to me, as I was thinking about this, like how we manage and use our time. I was talking to a friend earlier today and she was like, how you doing? Um, shout out Victoria. And I was like, you know, I'm good. I'm actually being super mindful of how I'm using my time and utilizing every single, mo- every single, mo- that's dramatic, but using most 90 to 95% of the time at work to actually focus and try to move work forward. Um, whereas I can't say that I've honestly done that before. Was I focused on the projects that I was working on? Absolutely, yes. But was I using all of my time as efficiently as I could so that I don't feel the pressure to take work home or to be like trying to do work at you know six or seven o'clock, like eat dinner and then come back and do, eat dinner, work out, then come back and do maybe like an, 45 minutes to an hour and give myself a thing, but really being mindful of how I'm spending my time during the day has changed the way that I 
manage my stress, that I manage my workload, that I'm able to like disconnect after work. Um, so that's been priceless. Like I can't, um, I can't be more thankful for having starting to pay attention to that kind of stuff. No, preach. That has been that that mindset, that mentality has been um, a new goal of mine since I think middle of last year is when I finally started feeling comfortable of taking control of my time and the workday. One, I finally am not intimidated by the number in my uh, inbox. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have my work email open right now. Oh my gosh, stop. um, I just wanted to say the number. (laughs) I'm at 522 unread emails. Um, And I've heard from my provost how many emails she has unopened, and I will (laughs) not, I'll refrain (laughs) from saying that number. So I'm good. So I'm good. Um, And what I do now to like really focus on, it's about the work, and there's no fucking work that you can really accomplish just by answering 20 emails. So what I do now is I think about the projects or the processes that I'm trying to push through and I I sort through my emails and I only answer the emails that are associated with the project or send the emails that are associated with the project that I'm working on for that, let's say, the the two-hour break that I have in Mm -hmm. between meetings. And I'm not mastering it just yet because the type A very um, task-oriented side of me, Mm -hmm. it hasn't completely gone away, and I'm still looking at that Gmail number. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, let me answer all these things. But at the end of the day, sometimes people just find information on their own. They just figure it out, and they don't need to rely on me all the time. That's one of the things in the article, and I won't save the number on my email um, because it's actually quite low. Um, I only have one unread email. Um, and then 69 in my inbox generally. But I also, like, I've got a filing system um, that I've picked up from a supervisor of how to work to manage those. I also do one of the things in here a lot. Because um, I always wonder, people are like, why is this bitch ever at her office or ever at her desk? But I try to communicate with people in person. Uh-huh. So people, I'm sure people look at me, and I don't give a damn, because I still do it. Because there's no sense in going back and forth. We send in, you know, you sit next door to each other on the other side of the hallway. Oh, my goodness. Ten emails. I'm like, bitch, if you don't get over here, <laughs> or I'm, let me get my punk ass up and walk over there. And be like, girl, we need to stop emailing because this is like a four-minute conversation, but this email chain has been going on for the last 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, too much. It's team too much. So <laughs> team I too am, much, right? yes. I am that person who walks around a lot, which, first okay. of all, I get my steps in on my Fitbit. Um, so that shit is buzzing before like three o'clock that I'm, I didn't hit my step goals. Okay. Um, but it's so important to get that face to face and engage with people. So I I can only imagine that people are like, this bitch is never working. And I'm like, I actually am doing a lot of work. Um, I'm just doing it in a, in a way that we're not used to because we're used to having the CYA and I do the CYA. Don't get me wrong. We'll talk for about five or six minutes and then I can hit you with those three bullet points of the things that we (laughs) talked about to make sure that we're clear, you know, for our conversation about 15 minutes ago, blah, that, 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 but I've found like I have relationships with people and can talk about, you know, the cat, well, I don't like cats, but you know, the dog, the kid, like their running routine or whatever. Because I take the time to go over and chat with them. And I'm a smart ass in the office. So I'll be a quick, like, shady, like, look over the glasses mm-hmm. at somebody real quick and be like, okay, I see you. Okay. <laughs> so we can laugh and, like, 
you know, kiki about it. So I am very much that person that as much as an introvert as I am, and I'm exhausted by the end of the day, leave me alone. But I know how valuable those kinds of interactions are and that people need to be seen and not just be an email. Yeah. So. Yes. And I question for you, do you schedule those walkthroughs? No. Okay. It's just pretty It's organic. really organic and like, Sometimes I'll be frustrated in an email and that that will that's will be what prompts me to get up and go talk to someone and be like, Okay, I don't know <laughs> excuse me, I don't know what we're doing in this email. So let's let's talk this through. Cause this back and forth is too much. I'm spending too much mental energy mm-hmm. trying to craft this message that sounds okay in the event that it gets subpoenaed. Cause that's how I have to think about my work. <laughs> right. Um so no, they're really organic. And I will do there's been times in like in a thirty minute time span, I will get up four times. But it's valuable because I'm getting work done. I'm just not stuck behind my computer. Right. You know? For me, and this, we've talked about this in um, also personal situations for me, but it's like, pick up your goddamn phone. Yeah. That is what it's there for. <laughs> if yeah. not, if we're not going to use it, let's save that ridiculous amount of money we're probably using on landlines now. Yeah. Now that we have cell phones. But anyways, at, you know, companies are still paying for that landline, so yeah. you better use it. So pick it up. Pick yeah. it up, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes I will get an email 30 minutes later. I'm just like, I left you a voicemail. Why can't you just yeah. call me back? Well, and I low-key hate talking on the phone, uh, but I, I will be like, I will call somebody and be like, hey, are you in your office? I'm going to come down. I'm going to come over, because I think we can probably you know, wrap this up if we just sit and talk for like three or four minutes. Right. I, it gets I, me out of my office. People are less likely to talk shit to your face than they will say something slick over email. <laughs> right. <laughs> but and that's the thing. Because you want to get hyped up over email and write this extra people shit. People feel so hyped up. Yeah. You know, they want to hide behind the screen. Yeah. Which is, yeah, people yeah. don't want to answer the phone. But come on, bitch. Yeah, these digital bullies and whatnot. And I was like, well, say, like, I'm, I'm not sure if I cl- uh, clearly got the tone and tenor of your message. So I wanted to see if there's anything you want to clear up. Well, no, what I was just saying. But, well, but, don't do that but, shit. But, but, but then. what then? Like, <laughs> don't be, you know, a gangster behind the keyboard. <laughs> right. And then, like, a kitty cat when I, I'm standing in front of you. Right? Okay, Jay Versace. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so much easier for people to, like, thug out if mm-hmm. they're, like, in an email because they have time to think about it and, like, I'm going to craft these words. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> let's, not, let's not be all cutesy about that. No. Let's be grown and talk. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just have a conversation. And if it's uncomfortable, well, shit, be like, it's uncomfortable. And like, and we're going to do it anyway because it's got to get done. So, right. yeah. Uh, go for it. And the, and the other, si- the other <laughs> thing to that, too, is um, it, I find it ironic that I'm in a work culture where people just don't really talk on the phone as much when I feel like everyone here was in the generation of landline phones only in yeah. their homes. So you're used to that. Why, why are you a stranger to that now? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but fortunately, since I use my cell phone a lot at work, I get, I get a few extra dollars in my paycheck for, to cover the cell phone stuff. Oh, you um, are good because I don't check my email, my work email or have it on. Like I have no like outlook app. I don't even know if there's one. I don't want to know. I don't mm-hmm. do that for my phone because I have knowing myself, I have a difficult time disconnecting. Um, so say I, <clears throat> I've never actually had it on my phone. I've logged in before. Every now and again, I'll log in if I haven't been in my office for a few hours, whatever. Um, just moving about for meetings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I have a difficult time disconnecting um, if I get like shitty a shitty message or like a course email like at night or like first thing in the morning. And oh. that 
I have difficulty disconnecting from that and I've had to like own that for myself and not be like, I can handle anything. Whereas I can handle anything. So then I can handle that this needs to be compartmentalized to here. Cause I was doing that, like checking my, e- like waking up, you know, getting ready and then checking my email about 30 minutes before I left. And then I walked into work pissed off. Yeah. Oh, so. I, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I used to do that, but I stopped doing that two years ago. I, yeah. even if I'm on the bus, yeah, to, like I will wait till I sit down, <laughs> put my stuff away, and that will be my first time answering email. So when I get a text message from some of my colleagues saying, oh, this thing happened, it's like 8 a.m., I was like, I'm not at work. And no, I did not read the email, but I will deal with it yeah. when I sit down because we're not doing surgery, people. This is not life or death. <laughs> right. right. But if you are if you are a doctor and you listen to this podcast, don't listen, listen to right? that advice. Go ahead and take, <laughs> go, take care of that stuff. Go take care of that. But no, it's just like it the a sense of urgency that people yeah. put on information that is sent through email. We just got email, like how many years ago? Like for real, like I remember when I was an undergrad back in the 90s, whatever. And, like, email wasn't shit. Like, it looked like that little, like, uh, bouncing cursor. Like, an old school, like, DeLorean email <laughs> from, like, Back to the Future. Ain't nobody emailing. I couldn't even remember my email address back then because nobody was using it. It was like where you got your, well, where you got your financial aid disbursement. You saw the numbers on the screen. But right. there was no pictures or no different there was like five fonts and shit like email is relatively new in the course of the world but now it's like did you you send me an email five minutes later did you get my message no girl i've been doing other stuff well you know the interesting thing about about what you said is that in this you know we work with students and students the whole idea of email does not make sense to them it's they don't they don't read emails they are so bombarded with all these different other platforms. I don't know what is their main communication form forum, but for mm-hmm. us as professionals and adults outside of the professional world, email is such is such a an official platform for communication, but it's not that same way for our 18-year-olds right now. Mm-hmm. So when they get into college, you really have to still teach them and train them how to compose an email that there's a salutation oh and my a, gosh and a <laughs> you and know a, how many email like <laughs> reports that i get that are like this resuna was rude to me in email no they just wrote to you like they were your friend right. and you're not their friend and they don't know that they don't know that they they treat email like it's a text message yeah where it doesn't have to have any kind of st- structure yeah. it's like hey um, can i get the assignment <laughs> First of all, who are you? Right. Um, oh, gosh, the amount of emails I get. Yeah. Second students. of all, read your syllabus. Right. <laughs> and speak with me like an adult. And I'm really, like, to be honest, for this fall, I am preparing a workshop on, um, it's more of like a, like maybe a 10 or 15 minute, like, presentation, but I'm going to take around to all the um, first year, like, large lecture seminars and talk about email etiquette because it's that much of a problem. Yeah. Like, what you needed, like what you needed, an email that you should send to your professor. And remember that a professor, a lecturer, whatever, your name, be polite. You're not talking to one of your little friends, mm-hmm. but that's become necessary. Yeah, and it's we so have odd. to. I mean, we have to blame it because they're only seeing it as another technology communication tool. So they're treating it like it's Snapchat, like it's Instagram, like it's text message, like it's Facebook. Um, emails that really the only thing I can think of in the world of social media that has a rules of etiquette and yeah. like a structure. So, yeah. um, anyways, I think we probably have to wrap up this part. We do. Um, your give me one of your top 
email pet peeves. I didn't even think of one for myself, so I also have to think. <laughs> yeah. But. So one of my top email pet peeves is. Hmm. I know, right? There's like, yeah, there, like, there's also a lot. One. I'm actually just going to open my work inbox <laughs> and see what annoys me. My pet peeve <laughs> is when people put urgent or uh, please read yeah. all in caps in the Response subject. Response required now. Action required. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> you. You can't tell me what action is required of me. I will get to it when I get to it. But anyways, yeah, uh, yeah just people. everyone's doing that as a tactic to get emails responded to. Yeah. And because everyone's doing it, it's kind of lost its value yeah. as a tactic. So when I see it now, especially if I don't like you, yeah. I'm definitely not going to read that email. <laughs> I'll respond when I feel like it. If I do, thank you very much. Yes. Um, so mine are, I have two. They're very quick. The first one is people who don't respond to email. The end. <laughs> that, that, you I'm know not, who you are. There's nothing else to say about that. <laughs> and number two, people who only respond if you, if you copy their, um, their supervisor. <sighs> and then when they try to respond back and not include their supervisor on it, I'm like, no, you don't get to decide who gets the second message. So when I reply to confirm receipt and that I will be re-reviewing, I'm going to put on it who I want to put on it because that's how I know that I'm going to get a response. So I don't, ha- I hate doing that, but yeah. you took me there. <laughs> right. You made me do it. So you're going to keep getting it because now you don't get to be in control and decide I'm going to be, I'm the captain now. Bow, bow. I'm the captain <laughs> You really went there. Oh I love God. that meme. I love that movie. <laughs> I haven't um, seen that movie yet. Oh my gosh. It is like a slow, drawn-out movie. This is the one with Tom Hanks. Is it scary, though? It looks really scary. Um, It's not really scary, because I don't like scary movies. Okay. But that movie gets... Anytime it comes on, which is not often, because I don't have cable, but okay. if I see it pop up for some reason on something, I'll be like, ooh, I need to watch that one. I can't even think of... Is it Captain... Captain Phillips? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's or the title of it, Tom but it's Hanks with character. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, he's like, I'm the captain now. I'm like... <laughs> I'm running this email, not you. Um, (laughs) But that shit gets me. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. All right. So, um, we're going to take a much-needed break and hear from our sponsors. (laughs) Just kidding. Pay us. And we'll be right back. Okay, so we are here for <laughs> Ask a Boss. Um, almost forgot what this segment was called. Did you called. give us little fingers? I gave like, little fingers. Little Ask spirit a boss. fingers? Or... Yeah, I don't know what I was doing. I don't either. It is Friday night, girl. I'm here for it. So um, I actually have a question um, by me. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to even say it's from a stranger. You want to give a fake name? <laughs> Paulina. Saul. <laughs> Saul. Not pa- Saul. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, my question is, what, um, you know, let's say you're bossing, you're doing well, and okay. I'm, I'm someone who likes to give praise or acknowledge when people are doing good things, whether maybe they posted something, um, they won a race, and I'm like, yay, comment, or mm-hmm. um, let's say, <laughs> let's say I, you know, I'm with my friends in person, and like, you know, I put out there what I do, and it's an equal exchange of praise and I'm not looking for praise 
for every single thing I post or everything, every single conversation that I'm involved in. But um, I do, I do recognize when people who are close to me, a certain individual does not, um, does not ever comment on anything that I ever do. So they don't, they don't. Are you talking about me right now? No, I'm not shaking you. I'm right here. No, not at all. Um, I, I guess it, it kind of bothers me when, um, I consider you a close friend, but I never hear one blip on any platform, whether it's on person, on the phone, or on social media, uh, like, an acknowledgement of something that I've done. So it could be a performance, it could be okay. a, like, a, a relocation to a new job, it could be anything, and okay. it, it pops out to me, or, like, I don't even get a like, I don't get okay. any likes on anything say, from is you. is there a like, which <laughs> takes no effort. Right, okay. I don't even need a comment, but maybe like a like, yeah. and you're absent all the time. But I know that you're very active on social media. So, um, my question is, <laughs> do 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 you hold that person accountable? Like, do, do, should I should I feel justified in my feelings about this, or um, should I just leave it alone because? I should just walk this earth being feeling comfortable in what I'm doing. And if I'm getting praise from certain people, fine. Or what hmm. do you think? Well, this is funny. Um, so one, your feelings are absolutely valid. Like to want to be acknowledged for whatever the case may be is a natural human feeling. So there's no shame or shade in any of that because we are human beings. And so to, to walk around this earth and act like, it doesn't matter what people say or think or do, or like if you were hoping to like receive something from someone and you didn't and you have feelings, those are valid. So I don't, I don't want to minimize by any means someone's feelings around that. Um, I would say, hmm, are they, how much does the social media stuff mean to you? Like, are they supportive in real life in any capacity? And if they are not, then why are you friends with them? Cause I see a, a, like I see a friendship as a, there's a mutualness of some capacity. Mm-hmm. We're giving, we're filling each other's cup. Sometimes we're sipping from each other's cup, but there's something that we're, we're gaining and supporting. It's not a one way, like you fill their cup and they're like, thanks deuces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would think of like, how much value do you get in that friendship? And like, how much more do you want to give? Cause it's, is it a one-sided thing? It's this is the only arena where I feel it's one sided. I think every time we do communicate, we're we're learning more about each other each time. Okay. Um, but it's not easy for this person to um, come watch what I do or be here or be present. We we need social media to stay connected, yeah. right? So that I don't is the, know. It, it because you know we don't live in the same city. That's kind of the, our way of seeing in touch. Okay, so you don't see each other like with any level of regularity. No. Okay. Hmm. That's tough. Social media can sometimes it can be really great for a lot of things. Like, like I love it because I get to see my nieces and nephews, and I see pictures, and I can FaceTime with them, even though they don't, they still are like, huh, nah. you know, they, none of a number of them don't really speak words because they're like, you know, six months, four months, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's the other, like the shadow side of it where we have an expectation that people are going to engage with us in that way. Um, and maybe I'm feeling some of this because I'm that person that I, I'm, I don't get on it every day. Um, and like, I don't like a lot of stuff 
And if I'm posting something, it's usually some shit talk or something. <laughs> um, so I, I, I kind of struggle with the, the meaning of that friendship. If, if so much of it, you might be relying on their validation in terms of a like or a comment yeah. or a heart or something like that. Well, and do you feel like you're giving more? Do you feel like you're giving more of to that friendship than you are receiving from it? No, I don't feel that. Okay. I, I think, I, I guess, um, maybe to give this even more context, like I really strongly believe in the shine theory. We've talked about it on the show mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so, I, I don't ever get jealous of when other people are doing good things. And so that's that's why I'm picking up on this more is because I'm making sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who are going to make me shine and I make them shine. And even if we're not in, living in the same area, um, that I can still foster that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's noticeably absent in this um, relationship where even when we talk um, on the phone or maybe we're talking on iMessage or whatever, um, we know things are going on or I know what's going on in this person's life and this person definitely knows what's going on um, even ask me about certain shows or what I'm doing but there's never this like follow up like I'll post a video or there's never there's never this like oh like oh you know you did great love seeing you like mm-hmm. I-, I don't get any of that not and, even when you're talking over the phone like yeah. they may watch a video online or something mm-hmm. and they don't say anything about it even in, in person. In person. Yeah, it's very strange. And I I don't, I'm not, I can be petty, but I, it's, this is, even though it annoys me, I don't want to, this is not big enough to like ruin a complete like, relationship. In the, like, you didn't say anything, it's over. But yeah. it does bother me just enough. Have you talked to them about it? No, not yet. I would say talk to them about it. I'm on this, I don't, I don't say this new kick, but... It sounds like you're you're working this out in your head and it might be time to work this out and like this is what I notice I you don't may even have to have a reason as to why you feel a way about it be like it feels weird to me and I I would like this and stating what you want or like cuz they may not know that that's a value of yours right you know not a value cuz that sounds real deep but like they may not know that you need those things or that you want those things or those things are important to you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, it, we have to step out of our own box and say, hey, this is going to sound, I don't know, but this is important to me and I would like it if you, like if I heard from you, like if you see something, you may not say something online, but even like a thumbs up text, like hashtag dance, thumbs up or whatever, you know, that you those are things that are important for you and a friendship relationship and you don't have to have a reason why Mm -hmm. um but they just like they feel good shit you want somebody to be like i see you okay um but people don't always know that right that's a Um, good point and they sometimes we have to hear it from someone to know that it's important and that it matters to them because that may not be something that matters to me so i don't think it matters to someone else so I'm just I'm doing what feels natural to me, but if I don't know any any different or that you if you need or want something different, you gotta tell people, and then give them and if they if they ignore it after that, then you'll know more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but give them a chance to change rather than yeah. putting this like unspoken expectation on them that they don't even know. 
They mm-hmm. feel like they probably like, I'm 100 for Paul. He knows it. I don't even have to say it. We're like, no, you need to say it sometimes. Yeah. Like, give me a <laughs> thumbs up or a like yeah. or a smiley face in a message right. or something like that. So thank you. I appreciate that. That's a really yeah. good point. And what I'm really looking for in this person is the I, I don't really care about well validation from strangers is nice yeah right, right? let's not pretend that right. shit feels good but it's the real people really close to me that I you know would like to hear something from them especially if they did see whatever I did out there and then they shoot me a text or whatever mm-hmm. or, and acknowledge that you know yeah you know yeah but people like we have to remember that people are dealing with their own stuff too and sometimes they don't know like I'm in my I, I'm thinking like I'm in my own world doing my thing. And so it, it doesn't always occur to me to like check in with people, you know, or to be like thumbs up or things like that. Yeah. As a, as not a heavy social media user myself, um, I forget that people look for that. And we all need validation in different ways and want it in different ways. Like mm-hmm. I want it in a certain way. Um, we should probably, one day we should do an episode of love languages. Oh, we should. Yeah. Because it's come up <laughs> a yeah, few I, times. I don't exactly. want to really like it and connect with it, I but I do. Um, <laughs> and my like, sister-in-law actually is always like, your love language is this. This is how this is showing up right now. I was like, first of all, you don't know my life. Um, and second of all, that's true. Thank you. Mal. All right. All right. Well, thanks for that lovely advice, Shamina, boss friend. So uh, remember that we have an email called headbosspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions or game ideas to get to know us a little bit better. And we'll be right back. Okay, so uh, boss ass bitch and bitch ass boss of the week. Um, I'm gonna go first. Uh, oh. Keep it short and sweet. I'm about to take this mic, nigga. All right. <laughs> um, the first, I'm gonna start with the bitch. Um, so so much has happened. Let's just acknowledge yeah. that since yes. the last time we've recorded. So much. I have like all um, these things, and I was like, oh shit, this is this is dated now because that yeah. much shit has happened. Because the uh, last last episode we posted was even too already dated, so we're really behind on time. So. Um, I, I think this was, must have been like a, t- two weeks ago, there was a shoot a shooting at the YouTube headquarters mm-hmm. in San Bruno. Um, YouTube is owned by Google and, um, the shoot, the, the, the reason why this is my bitch is, um, I, as we know, the shooter was, um, a woman, which was kind of shocking. We don't really hear about this, mm-hmm. um, in terms of identity, a female shooter, but um, it was a woman of, um, I do want to get the nationality correct, um, so let me not get this wrong. In yeah, I was like, I don't remember it. Um, blanket label. But uh, looking this up right now, uh, by this 38-year-old woman, Nassim Najafi Adam, um, who is... Um, not even a domestic uh, employee at the um, at the campus, but she. Oh no, she's not even an employee. She's just um. She's she has like a YouTube channel. She has like a lot of viewers. Just kind of one of those like YouTube. Um, I don't want to say celebrities. Personalities. Personalities. Yeah. Um. And so she was upset with censorship, and I think her whole argument was about how 
um, censorship and how YouTube and Google were um, censorizing the uh, traffic and having not she wasn't getting enough views or um, oh attention to her channel. Oh, sorry. Okay. This <laughs> felt <laughs> no. like a very like Real Housewives moment. Where they're talking and then something just comes into play. Right. So um, <laughs> that is really true. <laughs> so um, she not to make light of the people who right, were right. killed or injured. So she was just really upset about, and you know, it is a that is a topic in the internet world is um, especially with the whole. Um, uh, what's the thing about buying? Like now we have to buy for the, buy the internet. That whole law that was. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. The whole thing about how they're gonna charge the government wants to charge our oh, usage. Oh, what for don't the, they want to charge? Right, for? but anyways, it's that whole idea of that. There's no freedom of voice on the internet because when you really type in information, the internet can really choose what comes up at the top of searches yeah. and whatnot. So yeah. that was her whole thing. But then that you know went, turned into a shooting. The thing I want to call out is um, I actually texted a really close friend of mine a, media, a day after the shooting. Um, really, really good friend of mine. She works at Google, and she is of Palestinian descent. Mm. And I, um, I'm actually just going to read the text message um, because it's, it was something on my heart, and I, I think her, her as well as anyone else who identifies similarly to her um, could relate. And I just said, thinking of you today... I'm very grateful you are nowhere near the YouTube campus, but of course I think of the conversations that follow after an incident like this, the reactionary, the reactionary and most likely irrational decisions that are made by a company after an incident like this, and just ignorance in general. I'm sending you positive vibes to navigate all of that. Because the first thing I think of is the label that is now going to be placed on my friend or the questions that will mm-hmm. inevitably come in her direction yeah. because of uh, what one, a, a poor decision that one person made. Um, and then just the, I think about HR, now all these things that they're going to have to make all the employees go through as a result of this incident. It's just not fair for someone to walk through this environment feeling even more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm making assumptions but um, I know what, how that feels as a yeah. black person. Yeah. And so I assume that's how it's going to feel for my friend. So I, I'm just saying bitch to that shooter, but bitch to the, the phenomena that results yeah. every single time this happens. Mm-hmm. Which is all too often. Yeah. So, and then lastly, um, I want to say boss, boss, boss to the wonderful, terrific... I, I like I am not deserving of you, Beyonce, for a stellar, world breaking, record breaking performance at Beachella. I just we we might need to do our own whole episode on Beachella once I'm you watch it. it. Um, I know. First of all, don't call me out like that. Uh, Thank you, the end. Beehive. Moving you know on. where to find her. Which we had we have we only have so much time. Anyways. Um, so shout out to her. I don't need to explain why. Um, Cardi B. Oh my gosh, I'm just so happy, so happy how far you've gone. Yeah. Now you're gonna be a mother, and nothing is super stopping cute you. Pregnant, but super cute, pregnant, and now you're getting better at interviews and not saying dumb things. Anyways, <laughs> you're super. Media you're, training is paying off. Media training is paying off. Um, so super proud of you, and you're representing your hood, and I love it. Uh, and then Jan- uh, Janelle Monet, girl. That I think that's all you need to say. That's Janelle, all I need to say. Janelle just Monet. like, ugh, the three. Was it dirty computer. Three, yeah, dirty. I, I've already listened to it twice. Um, listened to the album. It's fantastic. 
Uh, thank you, black woman, for doing everything for me and my hey! life. Hey! Nah, nah. Okay. Um, so, let's see. I'll start off with a bitch, and then I have... Um, I said I only had a few bosses. Lies and fallacies. So, let's go... Let's start off with a very quick... This happened, I want to say yesterday, if not the day before. Who cares? You're listening to this when you listen to it. Um, but Bill Cosby was found guilty on all accounts that he... And I think it was three accounts of sexual assault um and there's an article titled from color lines titled six black feminists speak out about the cosby sexual assault conviction i am not going to read it because i'm hoping if you were able to find our podcast online that you can also read um (laughs) but it was each count carries up to a sentence of up to, to 10 years um who knows if he will sir how much time he will serve but i i believe that the most recent thing is he's been placed on house arrest um and i it's been interesting and disappointing to see how many people are um lamenting the fact that this their childhood icon of like what a strong Uh black father would be and i'm like you are confusing a tv show with reality like that's what you are doing those are two very different things he was paid to be a tv dad that explains Um, so much for our world right and i was like i need you to figure out to separate the two of those things you don't know how he was in his real life and really i believe his comedy is like pretty raunchy like if you look at his comedy, mm-hmm, like that's not is. connected to the Cosby Show or any of the shows that he's produced, his comedy is raunchy. So remember, like the difference between uh, real life and reality, and then you will make, maybe get some wits about yourself. Um, so that is one of them. Another bitch is to the Starbucks uh, manager employees at the Philadelphia uh, Starbucks. Yes. This story has hit nationwide, so I'm not even going to get into any level of detail. But shout out to the two black men who essentially saved their own lives by unfortunately fucking getting arrested by the cops for bullshit, basically. So let's just call it what it is for being in a Starbucks. Um, as far as I know, they... The quote unquote, they didn't at, they didn't buy anything, but one of them asked to use the bathroom, got told no and sat down Two real estate um, gentlemen who was who was waiting for another gentleman so they could have a meeting. And then there was some discomfort or whatever. They didn't follow some made up policy, which Starbucks has owned and admitted that they didn't have a policy that says you have to buy anything in order to use their bathrooms. Um, so bitch to them. Slight. I don't even want to say boss, but they're doing like the bare minimum where the CEO came out and apologized and said he wanted to meet them. And I was like, give them money. Thank you. Um, they're, they're closing down at some point later in May for like either a day or a half a day. I'm seeing mixed reports to do some anti-bias training. And I'm like, first of all, four hours, six hours is not enough. Thank you. That the, the sentiment of it is cute. But that's all it is, is cute. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to solve it in that amount of time. So it would be great to see some level of commitment that's longstanding mm-hmm. and also uh, gives back to the community. And I want my Starbucks. Right? Right? Okay. You are going to deny were, me free. I don't even Starbucks. drink Starbucks, but <laughs> there's that. Okay, so I'm going to roll into bosses real quick. One, there's a podcast called Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn. Um, she did an episode. She's in season three of her show. She's got sponsors, so... <laughs> Big ups to her, first of all. Okay. But it is like this 20-something white girl, white woman. She she says this out loud, so I'm not giving her any title that she doesn't claim. Um, she recently did an episode called Bullet Speed Trains and Broken Stairwells, a.k.a. Structural Racism. And she brings on guests that basically break down 
the structural racism that exists in terms of wealth, the achievement gap for black folks and black kids, um, how uh, neighborhoods and schools are funded in terms of the tax dollars um, from real estate and property taxes and how that continues to contribute to um, essentially neighborhoods of color that are primarily of color struggling in terms of their neighborhoods and also their schools because the real estate taxes are so low because they are typically not in high real estate and high prime time areas in terms of uh, the cost of real estate. So she broke it down really nicely. So shout out to her. And she acknowledges like, I'm a white woman saying this and hearing this and like we as white people got to do better. So I appreciate her calling that out um, and calling out some of the gross inconsistencies and the way that the wealth gap kind of um, subtly and not so subtly plays a role in all of our lives and we don't even really know it. So big ups to her for pointing um, those things out and bringing a light to those and kind of sharing some information that could be uncomfortable for white folks to normally say out loud and she's just putting it out there. So mm-hmm. shout out to her. Um, shout out to Ami Natuso, who is a co-host of um, Call, Call Your, Your Girlfriend. Girlfriend. Hey, um, Nina. Um, I know. I was like, hey, You better Nina. tag her. <laughs> I probably will. But she, um, basically, there's an author named Sally Khan wrote a book called The Opposite of Hate and she... Um, and air quotes quoted um, Aminatu uh, in her book. And Aminatu was like, no, girl, you didn't get my permission to quote me in your book. And you misrepresented what I said because um, and it's also taken out of context what she said. Ooh. And so there's been this back and forth um, of this. Um, and Sally Cohn is a white woman mm-hmm. and who is apologizing publicly, but has seemingly has yet to meet with or individually speak with Aminatu So. Um, but it's going on her book tour and doing all of these, you know, interviews at companies who do audiobooks and shit and basically still hasn't followed up with Aminatu. And Aminatu is like, I'm not having it. I'm going to continue to call this stuff out so we can stop. We as women of color can stop doing the emotional labor of white women. Yes. And she says that in a tweet and um, it hit to me or as folks say, it really resonated with me. Um, <laughs> so I just love that she's calling the truth out for what it is and what her experience was is and what she's saying like this doesn't represent me because you didn't ask me for that quote you took it out of context and you put it in the book without my permission um so shout out to her um two more i'm gonna try to be quick there is a i don't know if she's an internet artist but she goes by the name her twitter account is at o-r-a-n-i-c-u-h-h or nika i don't know but this Chick is fire. She spits rhymes. I put it on her last, I think she might be our last Twitter thing. She spits rhymes. She came so hard for Kanye West. Like, get under the jail. Like, she read the shit out of him. And she's, I don't even know, she might have just hit the age of 21, but she spits fire to um, Kanye West, um, J. Cole's new album. I don't even really know who J. Cole is, but maybe his song or album is called 1985, whatever. Shame. But please check her out. Like, she spits fire. And I don't even like rap. Like, I'm not, like, rap is not my genre. Oh, okay. But she, excuse me, she fucks it up. Like, pick it up, pick it up, I'm pick like, it. where can I donate? Like, let me give, let me give you coin. Um, but she, when you listen to it, you're going to be like, 
damn, this bitch is fire. Uh-huh. Um, and then my last HBIC, my last head boss, goes to my sister-in-law, Mal. Um, hey. I just want to say that I'm so proud of her for um, advocating for herself and working hard to communicate the things that she wants. She is a makeup artist, um, and she also does account executive work and education for MuseBeauty.pro. I don't know if they want to co-sign on this or not, but I'm just proud of her for advocating for her family and um, two of my many nieces and nephews to make a change and, and say, like, I am worth this and I am worthy and I'm going to have whatever hard conversations are necessary to advocate for the things that are important to me. Um, so shout out to Mal. I see you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Keep doing the work. Um, and that was it. I had a lot. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> As usual, but it was a great way to end it. Yay. So um, that ends our episode for the week. Uh, please follow us on all our um, social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram. And uh, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play for those lovely Android users. And uh, we want to hear your feedback. Um, Read us. uh, Tell us how we're doing. Ask us questions at our email account, which is headbosspodcast at gmail.com. All right. We're out. Peace. Deuce.